play the intro music after you insert. Yeah, no, I, oh, okay. I do. No, it's it's on right now. Right. Can't you hear it? Yeah, that was probably the fucking perfect melody ladies for it, too, there, but Ladies and gentlemen, all interruptions aside from fucking Captain Wonderpants here, I, I just want to say, uh, hello, my name's MD. How you doing, folks? This is episode 13. We're having a great time. We're having uh, some Hell's Gate. And uh, let me pass this one here. Is this me or is this you? Okay. That's you, bud. Oh, I got some Hell's Gate here going on. And, it's uh, one there, bud. Oh, a little clicker. Ease. So, uh, once again, I'm MD of the Boomsday Alliance, and... With me today is my very, very special guest and a uh, very talented guy, very amazing writer of music, uh, also one of my brothers in the Alliance, a co-founder of the Alliance, and just an all-around general awesome dude. Ladies and gentlemen, the magnanimous, magnificent Zenny D. Wonderpants. Hello. Um, hi. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Uh, it's good to be here. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Just that going out for a rip there, bud. Going out for a fucking rip there. <laughs> Classic. I'm sure you haven't heard that yet. Yeah, uh, anyone who hasn't watched the viral video sweeping, swiffering the nation, uh, it's uh, going out for a rip, and it's some Canadian hippity hop, and it's pretty amazing, and yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy it myself. Fucking A. Fucking A. Fucking A right there, So, uh, listen, you're my brother in the alliance. There's quite a few mm-hmm. of us. Um, you're one of the founding guys. Actually, it's amazing to have a founding... Uh, brother on the alliance here uh, of the alliance here um, because you actually co-wrote the intro music that everyone's been hearing for the last uh, you know since the show's inception well the one that was playing when we first started that's right that's, that's right. going to be inserted after no it's it's on oh it's on it's, it's on, still right? on it's still on yeah. perfect okay yeah um yeah so before you pull back the curtain anymore uh how uh, <laughs> good one there how uh how have you been man things have been pretty good uh well let's see life Man, like as if it doesn't have any like ups and downs or rights and lefts, backs and forths. Um, Things have been all right. I just got back from Asia a few weeks ago. I was visiting Tokyo and then went over to Seoul to hang with my sister. Yeah. Um, She teaches grade twos over there at an international school. So teaching English, teaching English, got to link up with her, went in for class. They called me Mr. Joel. Pretty (laughs) cute. Went on a field trip. Bandaged up a girl's arm that fractured uh, well, she, when she what? fell. Yeah, she fractured her arm when she fell. What? How'd she fall? Well, she dropped a water bottle and, and she was trying to reach down and get it and smoked her head on a tree. Jesus Christ. And ended up falling on her arm. And then, uh, yeah, I had to bandage up her so they, arm. they had to ask you for the magic of Western science? Well, I mean, I came, I came out of the washroom, and I'm like, what's going on here? And I'm like, I can't just stand there and not do anything. It's my sister. She's, like, feeling helpless. I'm like, well. No, man. I did get first aid level one, like, two years ago, and it was an eight-hour course. Jeez, so, you that, know, that I means... definitely retain a lot of knowledge from that. That's like what? Like, just specifics? Like how to bandage an arm? Yeah, it's basically, dude, it's an eight-hour course that I took two years ago think of the things i've done <laughs> since then like it's like yeah do you have a bandage in there okay perfect now what you like they, they teach you how to do a basic splint from the 40s yeah they show you a couple little things here but so uh did she cry did this girl cry or was she handling oh it? my god like the scream of a banshee like man. the asian so, cry so basically like you know i had Iced her arm, bandaged it up a bit didn't know what was wrong but you can't screw with that because if you grab her arm and start moving it you could potentially do more damage, right? So basically, I, I put a bandage around her arm, and then I 
I held her arm all the way back to the bus. We had to take the bus back to the school, like a 25-minute ride. Any bump you go over, and she's screaming. It was just like the oh, most... God. Well, it wasn't awkward. It was just like, oh, man, I can't wait till this is done. But finally get back, and then we got her in a vehicle to go out to the emergency can room. You, so. uh, can you impersonate no, me? scream a little bit? I cannot What if that. I do it, and you tell me if I'm in the ballpark? If you rip, like three of my fingernails off i probably could really but other okay. than that yeah okay yeah i'm just gonna try okay you tell me if i'm in the ballpark is it like this was it like like okay she hits i'll do the hit sound and then the break okay so is it like oh man not even close was it like that dude or- you you grew balls like a few years back right oh. <laughs> you're not able to reach the pitch at which this went i'm just saying that's that must have been uh terrifying to do it was with. interesting yeah. but then you know the night you know like the, right after that you know the i was like the school hero somehow blah 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 <laughs> which was a big deal it's like whatever it's like yeah no problem Fucking right. round Anyways. round eyes shows up yeah. here and uh takes care of the day is that what happened Fucking the, the white angel man Fuck, like, so you got oh, your guitar up, angel <laughs> you got your guitar strapped to your back you're fucking white angeling hey everybody <laughs> I'm here to help. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah, right. easy there, shoes. Right. Okay, so, uh, you know, you're out in Japan. Where else did you yeah, go? Yeah, anyway, so... Um, Where else did you go? So I was in Tokyo for a couple of days, and I did a lot of exploring just, you know, by foot. Uh, their subway system was a little too insane to learn, uh, especially without any help. So, what do you I mean, mean like, looking at the map, and it's just like, what is this, like some kind of electrical conduit or something? But wow. It was it's just, like super convoluted. It's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you take a couple of days, you can figure it out, but I was just like, oh, man, I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to walk. I went on a full-on walkabout. Wow. Crocodile Dundee over there. I'm like, what's up, bud? I was yeah. following you on social media, yeah. and it looked like you had, like, amazing adventures. Yeah, it you was keep- cool. And I, fa- I actually found, I ended up finding, like, a lot of places where there was really nobody around, like these parks. <laughs> when it's pissing rain out, nobody wants to go to a park in Tokyo. That's wow. where I was. Um, or the one morning I got up at about 5, and then I headed out because I'm in the land of the rising sun, so why not get some pictures at the land of the rising sun when the sun is rising? Rising. You know what I'm saying? Nice. So. Smart. Ended up, uh, yeah, just venturing out, and it was before the, even the the whole business sector got started in the morning, so I'm walking through this business sector, and there's nobody around. It was what? insane. So, what is that like? Do they ring, a, like, a bell or blow a whistle or something, and it just no, goes they psycho? they run and crush. It's like a Black Friday every day kind of thing God once damn. business starts there. Really? But, yeah. It was Jesus. pretty amazing. I, I mean, it was, it was a, definitely um, an awesome experience. So yeah, wandering around Tokyo, blah, blah, blah. I ended up catching a flight. After three days, I caught a flight over to Seoul to see my sister, um, blah, blah, blah. I hadn't hung out with the, the kids, did the field trip, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to stop saying blah, 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 by the way. Um, that night, went out and played an open mic in Gangnam. Oh. First, I got pretty hammed, right? We were out there having some Korean barbecue, soju, cheap so, Korean beer. So you're in Korea, and you, yeah. you were actually in Gundam of Gundam style. Gangnam. They say Gangnam. 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 Yeah. Anyways, yeah, so out I'm there, super Korean. you know, probably about 10 to 12 drinks deep, and we go to this one pub called Woodstock. Of course. And, uh, <laughs> of course. First thing I walk in, and this uh, Irish guy comes up. He's like, any of you guys musicians? What? I, I Irish do guy? It. Yeah, no Irish accent. I'm not even going to attempt the guy. What is it? Any of you guys play for in music? What the And fuck? I'm like, you certainly do there, bud. <laughs> and he's like, you want to play tonight? I'm like, yeah, fine, let's do it. The loneliest so, Mick on the so whole island. So meanwhile, I'm like, I'm in the middle of Kongnam. <laughs> And I'm hammered, and I'm just like, whoa, man, I actually got kind of nervous. It felt like, almost like the nerves I had when I played my first show. Really? Not quite. Because once I put the guitar in, because I had, I've honestly been out of practice, not out of practice, but I haven't played a lot lately of my acoustic stuff, so. Well, the last three years, you've really fucking played a lot, like a lot, like well, you know, hundreds, 
Yeah, but then the last eight of months spots. of those three years, I yeah, haven't really played what, anything. So, well, even then, then that should should tell the audience right now is like how how often you were playing. You were playing so often that even taking eight months off, you still racked up all these yeah. numbers of shows. So, I think going into an area like uh, Korea um, or Japan or just anywhere where we don't know anyone, and you try to you try to understand how like the the people that don't play music or don't perform anything live like theater or etc. They don't understand that like it's it's a it's a groove like anything else. Like if you haven't cooked for a long time, and then you get up and you try to make this dish, and you go, "Oh yeah, I forgot this pinch of salt here," that kind of thing. That people don't understand. That it's all prep. It's all preparation. Well, one of the big things is is when you play local and you play around and you play to the same people all the time. Initially, you know, people are excited and, and ready to hear it and all that kind of stuff. But then, to yourself, you feel like, "Well, this is getting kind of old." Like. It's the same thing I'm doing over and over again. The same people that you keep seeing, you know, you get one or two random different people here. Well, maybe more sometimes, but whatever. You're still in the same city. And like, this is why touring, of course, is important, I'm sure, in a musician's life. But, you know, you're used to playing around the same venues all the time. So basically to yourself, it just becomes kind of mundane. So being able to put myself in a situation where I'm like, I'm in Korea and now there's nobody in here that's heard any of my stuff. So it was just like a relaunch. And as soon as I played and I just gave her gave her all, right? And then just like the reactions that you get, you're like, oh my God. And then you start remembering what it was all about again. Right. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, before it was just like, I'm just like I was saying, it gets mundane. It's even though it's not mundane, that's, that's the way my mind works sometimes. It's, I just get so kind of bored of something and I just want to yeah. move on and then I just leave that stuff well, behind. And You're you're like a, a, a hyper-creative person. I, I, you're one of the most talented dudes I've ever come across. You're, you're very, very intelligent when you come to your writing. And the, the mundane feeling you're, you, you experience, it must... It must be just because you're you're treading such familiar ground, and because you're so good at it. Now, if it was a, a challenging piece, like there are other songs you play that are challenging, more challenging than others, I would imagine those ones probably aren't at the same level of mundane that you feel across the board, right? So, I I just think that like playing locally, when you play locally, it's it's a, it's a treat for people that are already aware of the following, but expanding regionally and then expanding nationally, like we that's just, what I mean, like yeah. touring, right? And so. Honestly, saying mundane is a horrible thing for me to say. Mm. You know about no. It's, That's not the word, right? It's, it's not the word because it's, it's not mundane. It's just like old, an old hat. You know what I mean? It's time, time to do something yeah. different. And, but, but like I said, let me go back to it though. It's like I so I played this open mic right. and I got invited back the next week, and so I went back and played the next week and I got to play another like six songs. How long were you there? Oh, oh. A week and a half in in Seoul. Week and then and I half flew back Korea? through Tokyo. Wow, um, dude, lining up gigs. Yeah, not <laughs> but anyways, it was it was a really cool experience. And it, it reminded me of what I do this for and why I do this. Because, you know, initially when I started writing music, I mean, music has got to be one of the most, it is the most commonly understood language in the world as it vibrates. You could take a hundred people and put them in separate rooms, play one piece. They're going to come up with a similar emotion. Yeah. I'm just, that's just a theory. I don't actually know if it's, that works. Yeah. But yeah. do you know what I mean? Like you can be guided, like... You know, you have, you can have speech, and then all of a sudden you can put that right piece of music with that speech. If if the lyrical content meets up with the emotional vibrations of a piece of music, right? You got gold, right? I'm, I'm and it so it reminded yeah. me of like why I'm trying to do that again. It's like I want to use it as a healing tool. I want to bring smiles to people's faces. I want to, you know, put out a good positive message. If I have something negative to say in a song, I'll always have a positive resolve for it because. I find that it's like writing your own spells and you get to follow that kind of lifestyle if you're sincere and truthful in what you write about. Totally, so. totally. 
So it was a good reminder playing those gigs. And then, you know, for instance, I got just got back and then I went and played at an open mic last night at the Morrissey on Granville Street, which was like, you know, it's going back to the basics. It's an open say, mic. It's like, oh, I yeah, get, to, look I get at up you. for three songs. But yeah, look it was at you, worth going it just back to, to the basics, man. Just to like get up there and, and play again, right? And then I got invited to play again, right? So a couple What's, more artists went. and then What, I got what, to uh, what material are you playing uh, um, last night? What did you play last night? Well, let's see. I play. Started it out with drinking alone because she's a she's a go to classic there. Kind of like a night of drinking yeah. alone. Drinking alone. Moved on to uh, Star Chaser and then the beach, and then on round two I played a song that I've never actually played live that I wrote about seven years ago called what songs that parasites parasites. But because I don't like to say negative things, I say parasites parasites. Like you're looking glass through, like, you know, looking <clears throat> through at what life is all about. So it, it kind of has a desolate feel at the beginning. It's got sort of weird droning chords. Yeah. And just kind of says, what are we doing with this to our earth and our planet and stuff like that? We're, you know, driving the knife into the core and just riding the back of this thing. And we don't even seem to care what we're doing to it. But then, you know, it starts to relate. Like it goes into a nice chorus where it talks, uh, you know, a warm and subtle wind. Uh, looks on with a perfect smile to see that we're we're all alike and that the hope within us won't die. So it's giving like that positive feeling of like it's not over, but we do really need to get to a point where we yeah. start respecting Mother Earth a bit more because it's getting a little out of hand. And you know I'm not the hugest conspiracy theorist, but I just I really do think we need to start treating this planet a little better because. It's well, we're we're existing in an era where corporations are running the governments that we elect. Like that's, like until they take money out of the electoral process, we're we're not going to be able to control what actually takes place in this country. Unless unless it becomes to- totally flipped around, and then suddenly like water is as uh, precious as oil, right? And, and there's only so much oil, or, or sorry, water. So yeah, there's only and so you much get to water. Buy it off Nestle, or what? that's right, Nestle. You know, Nestle is a dirty fucking. Dirty company. Have you? Did you ever hear the story about Nestle? What they did in Africa? Did you hear about that? They for for people that don't know at home, Nestle they they uh, you know very famous chocolate maker, but uh, actually owner of the world's largest water reserves. And uh, so you buy bottled water a lot of the time. It's owned by Nestle, even if it doesn't say Nestle on it. You can probably trace it back to Nestle or Coca Cola, which actually owns. Uh, Nestle, I think. Do they? I don't know. They're I th- probably I don't know. brothers. I don't know. From another mother. I don't know. Whatever. But, but not anyway. this, not this Mother Earth. Though. Anyway, That's they sure. they uh, they had all this expired uh, baby formula, and so they hired a bunch of guys in lab coats to go down to Africa, and uh, they went to Africa and they went all up and down Africa and the whole continent, and uh, they they told them, hey, this stop breastfeeding your child and use this baby formula. It's actually better. And they're wearing lab coats and telling these people, and you know, unfortunately, they're not. For the most part, a lot of them aren't educated uh, to the degree that they could tell that kind of bullshit. So we're looking at a situation where, okay, the, the mothers stop breastfeeding. They don't give all that uh, nutrients and, and uh, antibodies and all these all these different layers of protection that nature just provides uh, between a mother and child. And then they're taking this expired baby formula and like a huge, huge, huge percentage of that generation died of like kids. So now there's a huge population gap in areas in Africa. It's really weird. Like, especially with uh, the amount of uh, AIDS, uh, AIDS destruction going on. This is a really funny podcast. They were talking about AIDS, yeah. like baby oh, formula and yeah. shit. Uh, no, but it's just, it's, it's sickening that like um, things that an individual would never admit to doing ever, ever. Like there would never, you'd never set a person down and be like, would you ever do that for money? 
for the most part. Most yeah. people would be like, I'd never do that. Well, the interesting part about that is, is that we willingly buy stuff like this from stores, though. We don't like, no one's like, here, try this out. We're just like, ooh, that looks good. Maybe I should buy this. Like, for instance, Friday night, I go to Max after a couple of drinks oh, the night, and I bought uh, a rib shaped burger it says right on the package it's like a tony roma's rib burger and it says in quotes rib shaped a tony roma's (laughs) tony Uh. roma's a rib shaped rib burger so you know that lasts it's it's probably been in there for probably about a good 15 days or something like that and it'll still be good for the next i don't know three quarters of a century right yikes what am i doing man putting that stuff through me that is just ridiculous meanwhile there's a kin's market right down the street why don't i get like some broccoli some garlic and uh, olive oil and roast some of that up or something you know what i mean when we were it's kids, ridiculous when we were kids though um i had never had brussels sprouts but by the time i was able to actually like my family just never ate that type of vegetable but by the time i actually had a chance to try them i was i was blown away i was like oh these are not bad at all but every single sitcom everything i watched growing up all these cartoons always talked negatively about brussels sprouts now that's weird, right? Like they just they single out a certain type of food growing up, and they did <laughs> yeah, that. But, Do you dude, know what I'm talking about? Why is that? Well, kind of like Brussels sprouts were funny because, well, number one, they make you fart a lot. That was a myth, anyways. I don't find it makes me fart. I think uh, Tony Roma's barbecue rib burgers—that's uh, a different story. Yeah, I never experienced flatulence from. Dude, them. I I didn't even like mashed potatoes when I was young. I was like, I don't want to eat no mashed potatoes. Why? You know what else mashed I thought potatoes. was a horrible combination? Cheese and cake. I was like, cheesecake. I'm like, no. Cheesecake. Yeah. And then, you know, the first time I tried cheesecake, I was like, you're sorry for going from uh, healthy to absolutely unhealthy. But just just as a reference, you know, cheesecake. That's yeah, fine. Cheesecake. Yeah. I love cheesecake, by the way, now. Well, I couldn't I, believe it. And mashed potatoes, of course. I had and my, put, I had put, my first, hummus, put hummus and mashed potatoes one time. Try it. Try it. Hummus and mashed potatoes? Dude. Is that good? Yeah. I'm telling you. Just put a little bit of dill on there. Oh, man. Boom. That's We're good. In business. I had my first piece of cheesecake. Uh, I was working at a hotel and. Uh, one of the cooks fucking stole a piece and uh, he gave me like half of it and he was it was like one of those situations socially where i i didn't want to say no because i didn't want to be the guy at work that because if i said no i thought he might think i would tell on him or something like that you know what i mean so i was like yeah sure i'll try it in the back of my head i'm like fuck i don't want this It, it looks gross i gotta say it was pretty rich having cheesecake a few times now it was pretty rich for my first time but uh yeah, it's badass now. Now I, I fucking love it. Now I, I got to stay away from it. It's just whatever. like dropping a brick of lead right into your stomach. Uh, like, bam! She's not good. Yeah. That's all. It's great though. What do you, What do you feel about uh, you know some of the uh, genetically modified foods that we've we've been identifying now? Like uh, you know, I, I was hearing this theory the other day about like girls used to hit puberty when they would turn like 17, 16, 15, whatever. They turn 15, 14. That's when you hit puberty, when girls hit puberty. And now girls are hitting puberty at like seven, at eight. It's really weird. Like girls are girls are starting their menstrual cycles now. Little girls are like eight, seven or eight. And so the theory is that like perhaps it's what we're feeding them. Because if you're eating chicken and the chicken has like all these steroids in, injected in them and they have like these terrible, terrible uh, consequences, like literally everything they're putting into those animals is to make them as big and as ripe as possible, as fast as possible, so we can get you to market and cut your head off and then sell you off. Well, if humans are consuming that, even at small trace amounts, that's got to have some detrimental effect we haven't been able to track yet through the years. I imagine it does, but one of my big things is, and I find it with a lot of things in life, is that I don't have enough knowledge on the subject. Um, A lot of the times, you know, people that I have on my Facebook, they'll be posting feeds about that, but 
do I know the other side of it? Am I just trusting in one article over another? Yeah. Like the thing is the problem that I'm having is that I don't know enough to make a judgment about things. I know what feels good to me, what feels bad to me, like a Tony Roma's rib burger makes me feel like ass the next day, right? So, but I'm just saying, it's like, I don't know enough about all the stuff that's going on, about GMOs, and they say GMO corn, and it's killing off all these things. I don't know enough. And if it's, if that is the truth, then that's not a good thing, you know? It's, and it just, it baffles me sometimes, and I never know where to go with this anymore, because... You know, I love truth. I love love. And I, I love when people can respect each other and work together and do awesome yeah. things. But it baffles me sometimes that there could actually be people who don't care about the repercussions, especially for their other brothers in this lifestyle. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It just... Yeah, no. I so totally I don't understand. know enough. Don't get me wrong out there. I, I live to love and I really hope that, you know, people operate out of heart more so than I actually think sometimes. Mm. Because but, even then... I was thinking about the, you only get to see uh, on average um, less than none percent of, of really of like how people live. You get to see what mediums like this podcast or or TV or Internet or whatever. They, get, they show you small portions of society, but but really being able to experience a day to day living with them. You, you don't really get to see often perspectives of the even if you could do that with everyone, you'd still only see like. Let, you know a little bit more than none percent yeah <laughs> like, well like, that's a, and that's the tough part it's like so it's just where do you focus your energies on like where do you do it do do i go for the more creative thing like i like when i get lost in my music that's where i find my time warp is that's where i find the best of me is is when i'm in my creative atmosphere but when i'm distracted if i'm reading an article about something that's you know, destroying our earth, then that kind of throws me off my track. Right, but right. at the same time, maybe I should be using that as fuel for my creative engine. But well, I'm not necessarily doing like, well, I don't know. That's it's, odd, right? Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's a tough one, but yeah. I find like, you know, I came up with this quote at one point. You know, if you, if you do believe that there is like some kind of shadow government or there is some kind of way that people are trying to, trying to train you to yeah. live... It says, uh, perhaps their plan is working if you find yourself distracted by their plans. That being said, it's wow. like, who's to say that these articles yeah. against the uh, corporations yeah. aren't by the corporations to keep you uh, in a negative sort yeah. of energy space, right? Yeah. Like to keep you, you detracted because a lot of people are, are drawn to anger and aggression through all these things that they're being fed. But when did anger and aggression ever solve anything? We dislike war. Like, we talk about war. It's just like, what yeah. the hell? But that's the same. The, <clears throat> the whole motive behind it is is that aggression. And it's it's easy to kill a guy when you're aggressive or angry, right? But I find that diplomacy has got to be the way that we, we handle things. And diplomacy just seems to be a bit more difficult to master than actually just reverting to our primal brains yeah. of violence. And so... I think, well, there's something to be said for diplomacy uh, being uh, a viable tool because I, I believe personally, and as well as you do, I know it's like a very boomsday alliance thing that like diplomacy, verbal jujitsu, that's the best way to take any any conflict down is uh, how good your guard is essentially. So uh, I, I think it's a valuable tool, but if you look at overall in history, oftentimes when negotiations are, are the only asset left before they go to a nuclear war option um they're generally you know they're trading some pretty serious issues back and forth with each other like they'll they'll do things that will devastate an economy for decades just just to appease the peace 
of the situation. And and I don't know. Sometimes is that better? You know, like it should it be like a band aid? Should they just rip off a band aid and okay, you know, here were tens of thousands of deaths, hundreds of thousands of people died, but uh, there's now peace because uh, no one's gonna, no, there won't be any further deaths. Or yeah. or should it be people should live in squalor because of uh, financial deals that take place? Well, with, it's it's really interesting that way. With the age of of the internet and our connectivity these days. It's time for everybody to grab a sponge, get down on their knees, and start cleaning off the borders. Yeah. Because, you know, it's almost like that right now on the internet. We can communicate with so many people across the world. You know, of course, every country's got their limitations on what they're allowed to view and stuff like that. But there is still a lot of connectivity out there, and there is a lot of good things. I don't know if you've noticed a surgeons. I don't know if it's just me seeing this, but... You know those um, those videos that you get where animal one animal is helping out a different animal. Like I just saw one today where you know a leopard was you know attacked a monkey, but the monkey had a baby, and he noticed the baby, and all of a sudden what? he killed the mother, but he started taking care of the baby. What? Because he didn't realize. So it's just I, things I see, like that. I don't know if it, I saw or the lion once. the. Well, the lion and the bear and the and the tiger or whatever. There was that one video. Um, I've just noticed a lot of that, and it just like to me that's just like you know animals actually having some kind of respect and some kind of uh some morals towards things you know there is that primal instinct we've got to eat and all this kind of stuff but then there's like there's something beyond that that is just a a pure more pure universal connectivity i I totally agree with that in in principle and ideally i I agree with you i would think that those would probably be unfortunately from what we've witnessed though throughout history that those would be the exceptions not the rule like uh the one when you're talking about animals helping each other the one I saw is uh, like a dog gets hit by a car or something, and it's on a freeway. It's like a super busy freeway, and this other dog goes over and, and pulls the dog by the collar all the way across the freeway. And it's like dangerous. Like there's cars, vroom, vroom, cars zooming by, and it pulls it by the collar off to the side of the road. Now, I, I was trying to think about that. I'm like, like, have you ever just tried to move a dog that doesn't want to move? by its collar like it, it'll it'll stay so a dog bite by its teeth only by teeth pulling it that's a uh, it's pretty epic so you think yeah. of like the har- harmonious nature of nature and how does that that's make you awesome. feel when you see that though it makes me feel like that's how it should be yeah it yeah, doesn't it make yeah. you feel proud though like even another video i saw yesterday was uh you know it's just you know all those russians have their their onboard dash cams or whatever oh, right yeah, to yeah. protect themselves from fraud and all this kind of stuff that's crazy but eh? then yeah. you know someone put together a video of you know all these people getting out of their vehicles to help old ladies across the street and to to do all these cool things to help and and when you and going back to music and and video if you can attach emotions and stuff like that yeah. someone puts a really nice piece of music to it and all of a sudden your heart just goes right to it you're just like this is amazingly joyous and so and it's one of the most amazing feelings ever so why would we not want to experience more of that in life and less of that anger and violence? The ones where you have to, like, 10 minutes later, you're like, why did I do that? Okay. And you start questioning yourself. Well, but when it feels so good to be able to help yeah. people out, to oh, step outside you. your own selfishness yeah. and be selfless for a minute. No, I agree with you. And I, it I, just I, goes so far with some people, right? What if, so. like, that happened all the time, though, and that became normal? Would it actually be special anymore? Well, I think that's something that... Uh, I think it does happen all the time in a lot of people's lives, and it still remains as special. I mean, you've met some beings of pure light, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, for that sure. That just continually love to help and enjoy doing it. It does happen, and people can live like that. But I, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's also that part of me that's like, well, there's got to be some form of balance. 
You know, there's got to be the balance. There's got to be the good and the evil. But the good and evil are only names we put to something that we don't really understand. Really. Yeah. You, you know, know? I, I like to attribute um, a lot of what happens in the world to us being like a super organism. That uh, when people die, okay, I, I've, I've been kicking around this idea for a little bit. Now, this is horrible. Here's a little disclaimer for you, okay? This is a horrible theory, ladies and gentlemen. But... If you think about what I'm saying for just a moment, step out of the box, step out of all your relationships to the idea, and just just think about what I'm saying on a surface level, it might make sense. When things like tornadoes or typhoons more recently in, in the Philippines happen, and uh, or you know uh, winter, etc., whatever happens, uh, and there's deaths, and it it feels like oh well, why did this happen, and and how could we sort it out? I just have a theory. I don't know if it's right. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's a theory, but. Like what if what if the typhoon was like the earth cleaning itself? Like what if the earth is a super organism and we are, are essentially uh, we're like antibodies in our own bloodstream where we just we show up when we're necessary and when we get out of hand, we get cut back. Because let, let me break it down another way. When you're cleaning your house, dust is never an issue. If we turned the light on really bright right now and we shined it around the room, you'd see a, a billion dust particles in the air right now, but we don't notice them when there's no light on it. Because we're just breathing. In fact, you're breathing in and out particles all the time. It's just, it's never an issue. But it becomes an issue when there's like a pile of dirt on the floor. Now, that's what I think humans are sometimes. It's like we, uh, we are the Earth's dust. And when we collect in large piles, that pile itself becomes an issue. So the dustpan comes out and some of us get wiped out. And it's like unfortunate. Now, I'm not saying that's what, I, I'm not saying it's okay. You already disclaimed that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, the oh, there's du- already the du- somebody, you gotta understand. It's the dustpan theory. Yeah, there's already yeah. somebody out there listening right now like, my goddamn well, fucking th- uncle was in that. It's da, true. Da, and no, it, and that's the thing. And it's not being day. heartless. And it's, it's an interesting point to, to raise. And bless their souls, you know what I mean? Bless from whatever form yeah, of, of course, yeah. blessing you say. Like positive energy is the way to the families and all this kind of stuff. Um but I see, I see what you're saying there too, because you know, obviously, there's a lot of people who take on the perspective. It's like, oh, Fukushima's happening right now. Yeah, and, good point. And there's yeah. so much bad stuff happening there. But then you get people who comment and say, oh, the world's eventually going to recycle itself. But that's kind of devalu- devaluing your present lifestyle. It's that's like right. that's right. It's not even fair to. I do agree. The world will eventually recycle itself because it does not care about the concept of time. We only created time for what purpose? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. But if we were to eliminate that whole concept of time, we wouldn't seem to care as much because exactly. we wouldn't feel like we have to compress everything ever into moments. Moments, exactly. We can just oh, exist. It's like yeah. we, can, we can put a thought out there. We can water the, our, our thought in our subconscious garden. We can water it and we can give it as much time as we want. And it eventually will come through. <laughs> we can see things come into fruition. Yeah. We see these things happen. It's not necessarily instantaneous. Sometimes it takes longer. But that's the thing is that we just keep yeah. thinking about time. We don't think about how how much like love and care you have to put into like an orchid or something like that that takes forever to grow and you have to take such good care of it and it brings you such great joy. But it's that's my concept is is watering thoughts in your subconscious garden. You know? Yeah, and are they positive? Are they neutral? Are they negative? Whatever right? they may be, you, yeah. you're going to see the results of them in <clears throat> certain ways, but they're always going to hit you when you're least expecting. Or not yeah. when you're least expecting. No, but just, like... At random points 
and your exist infinite yeah. existence I, of whatever. Right? I would suggest so, like the more varied your garden. So if you had like really positive thoughts, and then like you go through a dark phase, you're still watering this garden. So then suddenly, all of a sudden, a good thing will happen in the middle of the badness that you're experiencing. You're like, oh, awesome! And you didn't realize you're harvesting that good thought from before. But coming up, boom! You got to be prepared. There might be something bad coming your way because of all the negativity you've been harboring. Now that being said, it's odd that humans are the only people that that actually uh, follow time. Like we're the only things that follow time. Like, like a rooster when it crows. I I I read that that's not even actually why. Like when it's waking up, it's not like waking up people at dawn. It's just like that's... you just see him like look at his wing. He's got like, this little swatch <laughs> on. He's like, all right, when three, two, one, cockadoodle swatch. <laughs> Fucking it. Yeah. No, I, I I don't know. It's, it's weird though that we're the only ones that like yeah. that actually can label time. You know, like when an animal dies, most most animals don't ever live to see uh, old age. Like when, most of them will die by the the wild. Sea turtle. What about those turtles that left? Man, there like? are turtles that have lived through all of the major wars in North America right now. That is unreal. I'm not just talking about World War, like, but Civil War. Like, there's a that tortoise that died uh, what a couple of years ago. He he was alive when uh, slaves still existed. That, yeah, right. yeah I mean, that's, that's pretty big. <laughs> right. Well, you I mean, think about that. That's a, well, that's going insane. back to um, the planet as an organism, though, as well. Is think about the trees. Think about these. I looked it up, and I'm yeah. pretty sure that the oldest tree is in Norway, and it's 9,600 years old. Wow. I'm pretty sure. I, wow. I thought one day I was like, I wonder what the oldest wow. tree actually is. Think of what that thing has actually lived through. 9,600. I'm pretty. Du- I, Sorry, people, if you double check, I think that's what it was, but I know it was insanely. 9,600. Yeah. Man, that would have seen like the era of like uh, expansion like into the. Well, well about 10,000. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, like 10,000. <laughs> so, yeah. so, and then it goes back to your claim of like, well, perhaps the earth is an organism. It is. It has to be an organism. I mean, look what it can do. It can sustain life. Um, water is, is, you know, in some people's theories, the source of life. We get rained on every other day, man. That's right. We're just cycling everything through. There's life around us everywhere. I, I sometimes I really put myself outside the box, and I think about the fact that like, like we have we have eyebrows and we we grow beards where beards are supposed to go, and that's it. And then like I think about okay, well, what about the rest of this frame I have? What why is it why I have this like this Flantine fleshy wolf face beard? Yeah, <laughs> totally. This beard, right? Yeah, but like I have this like like fleshy body. Maybe more so now because I'm not fucking working out. But uh, you know, I got this fucking fleshy body, and it's it has this bone structure that. But I'm like 80% water, and then water is on this planet. It, it completely it falls on us, like you said, every every few days, and it's odd that it, it cycles itself back into the air, and that there's more water on this planet than actual land that we live on, and that we can't actually live in the water, but we are made of water. That that type of thinking always pulls me out into like a real. A real strange string of, of thinking because it, it it makes me wonder just exactly how many humanoid types exist out there because our, our range of hearing um, and our, our range of sight uh, I don't mean like how far you can see ladies and gentlemen at home 
I mean like your actual color scheme you can see with your eyes. Everyone knows that animals like that we domesticated like cats and dogs, they can hear much greater lengths, they can they can hear better and they can see better. It's because their their range of, of dynamic that they can see and hear, their audio visual spectrum is much bigger. So I think I'm like, okay, we are just kind of entering into the phase where we're able to integrate 3D imaging and technology into a more everyday life cycle. And because of that, we're starting to understand the dimensions of like, okay, uh, this is here, but it's not here. Be it's only here because we project it here. So I started thinking, I'm like, okay, how many other humanoids can exist, not just on this planet, but in the universe that are not 2D or 3D or even 4D? You know what I'm saying? Like they are, they are beyond our own dimensional sense. They actually, they exist between the planes and that's where sure, i think why not yeah and I, that's where i think supernatural effects that happen in our yeah. world are occurring because it's, well, and, and it's they, cross dimensional they talk uh, about ideas. things happening faster than we can even process right? right so it's that's almost right. like a yeah. world that's ahead of us that we're never going to be able to catch up to yeah but we might catch glimpses <clears throat> of here and there i like, mean cones like, and rods yeah. and and all this kind of stuff have you ever seen like that um UFO, the greatest story ever denied. No, what's that? You tell know, me, you get tell this, me about that. I can't remember what his name is, the guy who did the documentary, but, you know, big believer in UFOs. And it's like, when you when you look back at, like, all the different weird footage and, and stuff like that, it's yeah. weird. Like, what's more fun to believe? Is it more fun to believe that, no, that doesn't exist? Or is it fun to believe that, yeah, sure, it probably does exist. That'd be awesome. I think it would be like, awesome. How neat. But it's like, yeah. but even if their existence was known to us, what the fact that we would give them any kind of human traits is kind of selfish of us or like, how do we even know? Yeah. What if their existence isn't even anything that we, which probably isn't anything we can comprehend. Yeah. What we if we always like try and seek an answer for everything. So it's like, well, you and I, you know, because we're a part of the Alliance, we've, we've been around a lot. We've seen a lot of planets and stuff. Uh, the director of that, that documentary was Jose uh, Escamilia. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> Jose Escamilia. Totally. Yeah. Did, did he narrate it too? I'm actually, I uh, can't remember. You can't remember? No. no. It's worth checking out though. UFO, it's on YouTube, yeah. UFO, it's just, the it's greatest It's a fun story. watch. It's just, it's interesting. I like to, I like to watch things that actually sort of propel my thinking a little bit. They, they throw me, throw me for a little, a little <clears throat> right, right field uh, catch here. Right field what, catch, What are you, guys. throwing baseball terms? What, am I talking baseball? Because I care about <laughs> baseball all the time. Like, after 93, I was like, I don't really give what do you, two shits. Fuck, I like watching films of just give me a pop You ever fly. try and grasp at one of those, uh, you know, you're trying to say something, you're like, well, give me the old, uh, shit, what am I going to reference? What am I going to reference? Uh, well, not that this is just what was happening, but when, you, when you're recording live, here's another thing, too, regarding the time the time uh, paradox we're dealing with as humans. When we're recording something and we're, and we're very aware of it, that it's being recorded, sometimes our own speech is like, somewhat throttled a little bit like we're, we're ruffled by by what's actually being put down because it's in the back of your head like this is forever this is gonna be and i have to admit you know oh, I, this is my uh this is my second show my second series that i've done here which is you know like the previous show being the boomcast but this new show intergalactic interviews i'm having a great time doing it but i, I can say it's like any other muscle you work out i feel like i'm I feel I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at, at being able to to put together a, a more interesting format, and mm -hmm. it's not so herky jerky, if, if yeah. I will. You know, like and uh, well, I think one of the things that I take into consideration is the fact that uh, I probably crushed about three quarters of my brain cells on the weekend. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just uh, you know I'm in recovery state. Do you right feel here. that after you drink real heavily? Some, yeah, sometimes. And and honestly, really? yeah. Oh yeah. Really? 
if you spend the whole weekend doing it there, bad. Well, I was, I was drinking Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. I, it depends. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not giving any excuses or anything like that for my uh, my lack of articulating certain things. But <laughs> not that you even were. You know, yeah, some I'm days just... some days you're just some days you're on it. Some days you're very very 100 percent conscious. The other days you're just kind of a little lackadaisical. You know. What do you think? You what know? do you attribute that to? Uh, what did I feed myself this weekend? How did I treat myself this weekend? Yeah. Uh, how much sleep have I given myself? Like you know, staying up till like wee hours of the morning playing Heroes of Might and Magic 6 and then getting up at 3 o'clock because the wind's howling so friggin' loud outside that I don't even know and then I'm starting to think about yeah, the wind, work and then all of a sudden I have yeah. to get up for work and the wind was so, psycho last night it was pretty night. awesome it was I love that pretty stuff. psycho it, it sounded like the worst singer ever but it was really good it was it was really old uh, Banshee Banshee singer it was an Asian girl that broke her arm <laughs> actually this girl was from Libya Libya mm-hmm. in Korea it's an international school in Korea so they have students from like oh, pretty right. much all over the world okay. yeah so then which was also neat then the white angel showed up hmm. <laughs> hey how's it going Joel Co- I'm here Joel Co Escobar Escobar <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to sell you my $99 guitar <laughs> do you do you want to talk a bit about the alliance that these people know sure. going on? so first of all ladies and gentlemen uh we are part of a, a much larger uh, art collective, essentially. It's, it's called uh, the Boomsday Alliance. And uh, it's essentially just a group of uh, some of the most amazing talents in their own field uh, that, that has ever been put together. Uh, it was, <laughs> from, from our own yeah, perspective, yeah, right? Yeah, from our own perspective. I mean, fuck it. That's the way, you know, that's the way I see it. It's and, good uh, guys <laughs> making cool music and pretty much working together, having some better. kind of like a, a bond. Like, <laughs> that was just, way better. You know, guys who have different are from different factions of music. You know, MD being you know more from a hip hop background. Carl the Red having some crushing, crushing, crushing heavy guitar from crushing. Demos Major. Demos Major. Uh, myself, Zenny D. I like trees and earth. <laughs> yeah, and Jamiroquai. Zenny's got cool <laughs> but artwork. I, you know, myself, I always just look. Well, into the universe and just I want to yeah. I aspire to be aspire into which knowledge will flow through so I open my mind to whatever kind, kind of comes in I'll write a song about vegetarian samosa I'll write a song called LCD versus plasma TV King's I'll write Fresh a song Mead. about falling in love King's Fresh Mead whatever it's just it's basically harnessing whatever energy comes towards you at whatever time and utilizing yeah. it Set to shelving the- your humility and yeah. just writing for the sake of writing and having a good time because when you do that and it comes across that way too. Yeah. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's it's something to have fun with. It's something to laugh about. It know? totally changed, man. Since uh, since we've been working together, since I was asked to you know come on and help build this thing that we put together, I, I've it's changed my life so radically. I you know people at home uh, they don't understand like uh, or maybe they do because they knew me from this era or whatnot. But I, I used to be a tremendously tremendously negative person. I, I used to have so much of not just my own troubles but the world's burdens on my shoulders and I used to walk with it everywhere and I used to think that my ability to deal with that every day was what made me uh, a happy person and I didn't actually really experience true happiness until I sorted myself out by uh, uh, working with the Alliance and Zenny D was very much instrumental in, in helping me deal with that I've, I've had really good friends like like first of all uh, another brother of ours another founder Doc No you know Noah Stacy super talented dude his his talent level uh, in what he does in art uh, because I have no visual skills I look at his visual ability and and I think to myself okay I need to I need to step what I'm good at auditory 
and, and move in an audio sense. I need to move that up to what he's doing visually. And, and because of that cross connect, you can pretty much insert any one of our names in the Alliance for that kind of, kind of connection. We're all trying to step each other's game up and it's not a competition. It's, it's more like, Hey, we're all good at these individual things. This is my forte. Well, this is how we're going to improve. We're going to, we're going to cross connect these kind of things because I can even say, uh, if I said, Oh, Carl, the red and Zenny D, uh, we were just talking about how Carl the Red shreds, like just fucking crushes guitar. But I'm sure him working with you directly, his, your songwriting ability, your ability—I uh, don't know. There must be a cross connection. Yeah, there, well, right? it's pretty—it's pretty fun when uh, when you see Carl the Red. He's got these mammoth hands, and you see him trying to just Dude, play he's... these nice little chords, right? It's—it's <laughs> it's pretty cool. But you know, and then all of a sudden he'll just break yeah. down and just start rocking something heavy. But you know, that's the thing. It's like you know. There's often times when we used to jam with the Boomsday Alliance back at the old space um, where I'd be like, oh, man, I was like, I got to, like, try and play this as fast as I can and, like, rip a really heavy yeah. rip just so I can try and keep up with Carl the Red. You know, I'd be able to do it for maybe, like, a short period of time, but then I was, I call it my Bronto picking because I the way I angle my arm looks like a Brontosaurus picking up some <laughs> uh, some herbs from a, from a local garden or something there. I've seen that before, actually. But, you know, it's just like, you know, rocking the Bronto picking, but yeah. I can only keep it up for so long and... But then you watch Carl, he's just consistent and he just, oh, you know, he can do that. And then, <laughs> then I start thinking, I'm like, well, then why the hell should I even bother trying to do this when he's got that area covered? Why don't I take care of this, yeah, you know, this just, end of things, right? That's right? Why do I need to do something when I've got a good buddy of mine who's already mastered something like that? That's right. And that's how you utilize it. And that gives you more free time to concentrate on other things when yeah, you know you, yeah. your ground's covered. And that's what part of being a team is like, it's just knowing what someone's good at. Mm-hmm. And not having to feel the competition, but to feel like the the brotherhood of it all, and mm-hmm. just make great creations from it. Right? Yeah, and that's like it's it's all set to this like interstellar background of uh, we're all we're all shipmates, we're all crewmates on this ship, the Double Boomski, and uh, it's owned by this very 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 handsome gentleman, uh, Newbie Nubinson, and uh, you know he's an eccentric quadrillionaire and he he put together this team and it's called the Boomsday Alliance and a lot of the songs we write together uh, they fall on this backdrop of uh, our travels and what we do when we uh, encounter other races and and how we how we want to uh, reflect that on our own life on earth and because we're all in these earth dwelling bodies for the moment why not take a second out and, and see how this might you know affect like the Talarians or the Kalarnix, or exactly, or like, whatever name you want to come up with. That's right. We just—they're yeah. out there somewhere. They're out there, and why and, not? Yeah, why right? not? Why not? Billions and billions and billions of planets and stars. It's just like, yeah, we're probably the only people out here. Yeah, like such a <laughs> narrow-minded, small. But at the same time, we can't say that, right? It's, it's such just, a small view. It's like it's a, like again, it's like. But some people just like to focus in on their life. They don't even want to consider what's going on out there, right? No, and, and, and to that, that's disgusting, like, man. Yeah, but you, no, I, I wouldn't say so because you can find some pretty good focus through stuff like that. Well, when you want to like take it to a one-to-one level, yeah, for for certain, there's no better way. Like we couldn't possibly be talking about man, I had like a rough day yesterday or, or something like that. And then be like, but in a cosmic sense, nothing happened because the, Pretty the, much, right? the universe exactly. expanded a, a, a micrometer. Of, well, look at how know. much we worked on music like uh, back in like 2009, 2010. We worked on a lot of stuff and Tons. it was constant, right? Yeah. But then things happen. Life happens, you know, uh, a heartbreak or uh, uh, a fight with somebody and 
a new job or something like that. Like all these different things come into play. But the fact of the matter is, is we're still friends. Even though we haven't done a lot musically together in the past couple of years. Remember that whole concept of time? It's like, like, when you drop it and you forget it, our, our albums are about the year 3093 is like our, you know, season two took place in 3093. It's like, it's going to, yeah. I mean, eventually it's going to come around because, you know, it's an infinite process. You know, that's the way I see it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know what, honestly, I dropped out of my creative game for, you know, a fair bit. You know, I still, you know, hinted at it here and there. I would play a bit of guitar here and there, but you know, life happened and it, it, it does, but always keeping in the back of my mind that that's always there. That's always in the garden. It just needs a bit of attention. That's right. It just needs to be right? watered. Like we were talking, those thoughts, you just need to exactly. kind of water it. Well, I was talking uh, a, a few episodes ago, um, with this show format, basically what I do is, uh, I will have guests on like yourself and then, you know, we'll, we'll have our conversation and talk and that's the episode. And then sometimes I'll do these solo episodes and I just kind of put it out there. Now that the, the Interview episodes are probably about, you know, an hour to 90 minutes or so. And then we have my solo rant episodes, and they're about 20 to 30 minutes long. And uh, it's not really so much a rant. It's just that I, I want to kind of give more of an insight as to what's you like taking talking. place. Yeah, like I like the sound of my own voice. Yeah, yeah. we know that, don't we? Yeah, don't we all know that? Yeah, just, you're like, ah, I got to come on your show? How much are you going to talk? <laughs> really, MD. Just keep chugging along there, buddy. Oh, yeah, hey, uh, wait, would you want me a guest spot? What, what do I got to do, 90 minutes? Yeah. Okay, so I'll talk for 10. You can talk for 80. Okay, okay, good. And then the last 30 minutes, he realizes... Oh shit! Is that I'm already gone? Yeah, no, <laughs> he's she, still yeah. talking, and then he looks over. <laughs> like over. Uh, any final words? It's all good. It's fine. So, uh, uh, you know. Anyway, basically, we do these like like these little rants, and um, the part of one of the rants I did the other day was saying, you know, I was having like a low energy day, like a low energy cycle, and uh, it was kind of like a reset pattern I had to go through. And when you're saying you stepped away creatively, and you had to like kind of just take a moment to kind of reflect. You just took a longer reset cycle, but I can already feel just from talking to you today and like, you know, you were just out overseas doing shows and now you're coming back and you're, yeah. you're like you said, you're like starting. they were totally set up, right? It's yeah, like, no, yeah, no, I but... just played a couple shows in uh, Seoul, man, well, I, sick. No. I, you know what? Those, those it was are, a good. Those are two more shows than I've ever played yeah. in Korea, right? Like who gives it was, a It was a pretty awesome experience and I'm not trying to discredit myself. It's yeah. just, it's funny. But I'm just know? thinking like, like that reset process that's going, that's, that comes about. Um, what I do is I, I generally, I start to get more quiet. And as we were just discussing, I talk all the fucking time. So when I, I start getting quiet, people are like, okay, what's wrong with this guy? Something's, something's up. And then I finally just, I, it's like I restart. It's like a winter to, to spring kind of cycle. I, I go through this whole effect where, uh, okay, now I'm bouncing back. And I, I can honestly say, like, right now I'm feeling way better, way more focused, way more centric, way more whatever. Whatever it takes to kind of get the job done is how I, I'm feeling lately. And uh, I, I really... I think that what you're saying when it comes to like making albums and it's like timeless and you know like they're set in the future and we don't really adjust the time it's like yeah you might have took a little time off but in retrospect we were crushing shows and tunes every fucking yeah. week every day uh, I you know I used to see you probably about 300 days a year no shit like like every single day we, and that's how we, we crushed we, we'd work out of the palace all the time yeah one of the big things is, is- what is creativity without experience and that's the thing right it's like you know sometimes it takes a little bit of time for you to learn a bit more about life and about your own existence and your own experience in order to be able to write about something more yeah after that right yeah mizzy you know i was producing him on that album commiserate your soul he's got this uh he's got this song and uh 
he, he says these bars about like you know in the intro of the whole record he, he says uh, I had to go off and live a little bit more life so I had something to write about you know like not in those words it was, it was definitely more yo-yo when he said it but uh, he says like oh I have to go out and live my life a little bit so so I have something to rhyme about I don't want to just say these same tired topics and and he covers on a lot of stuff like you know like what it's like to be a godfather what it's like to not have children what it's like to be a, a half white half Filipino guy crushing it in a small town and to come out west you know and he, he touches on these topics and it's, it's really interesting because he has a you know this unique perspective because he took the time to reset and I could see that with yourself I could see you kind of coming back even stronger crushing it like you have to go away to come back first of all that's like some Hollywood shit you know actually I got a joke for you fucking I heard this the other day this is pretty funny uh <laughs> hey uh Hey, uh, knock, knock. Uh, who's there? Lost Profits. Oh, God. Lost Profits who? Well, that's Hollywood for you. <laughs> okay, bud. <laughs> well, that's show business. That's show business. And they're just gone. And they're gone because sometimes you take too much of a break and people forget about you. And that's kind of what artists fear in the back of their head. I know sometimes when I'm doing... Um, some of my creative cycles, I'm, I'm always thinking about what's the next move. How am I going to do this? How am I going to? How am I going to be uh, even better the next time around? And uh, I, I got to be honest, it's, it's terrifying sometimes. It's like the worst fear ever that you're never going to be able to match what you previously did. It's the mediocrity of life. That that's what fucking scares me more than anything. Yeah, I I kind of found that I was getting into a point where I was like, actually, you know what? I never found that point. Every mm. song that I've ever done has kind of been a little bit different than before. And one of the comments I got last night was like, man, he's like, every song of yours was different. What, some guy just it came just, up after the show? Yeah, well, he was one of the performers, and he mentioned that. And it's that's true. It's like, I kind of don't... I got it. Like, I have my certain ways of doing certain things. Um, but I guess for the most part, I, I get to that point where I'm like... I just I always got to make something different so I can keep my own mind yeah. entertained while I play. You know yeah. what I mean? Make it a different style and make it different, yeah. completely different lyrical content or anything like that. It's like I, I do that to keep myself entertained. And sometimes, you know, it's not actually the best for shows because some people are looking for a bit more consistency. Well, uh, but at the same time, if yeah, I, I shouldn't I say that. I know, no, I know what you're saying, but like it's just it makes for a, a weird show and a show that where it's people are just kind of like. You know, their eyebrows are raised up a little bit, and they're like, <laughs> what is going on here, yeah. really? I would rather have that effect than, than them just staring at you blankly, you know? Like, you get, like, a, a cold fish crowd. Sometimes they, they just, like, you know, you know you're crushing it. Personally, you're like, hey, I, 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 uh, I did that really well, as opposed to the last time I did it, you know, when I was practicing or something. But you do it live, and you personally are like, I crushed it. And then the crowd doesn't necessarily react to the way you want. That That's a... Uh, that's just a mental game. That's a perception thing. But if you can raise some eyebrows, who gives a shit? Fuck it. That's no, what you it's, want. That's, it's, that's, it's about going up there and having a great time and engaging the audience a little bit here and there. And uh, I don't know. It's just having a good time. I, be, I do it anyways. Like, I'll play for two people. I don't, I don't really care. Well, yeah, you're I a love doing dude. it. It's, yeah. it's fun, right? So You're as organic yeah. as it gets, man. You, you have, like, trees <laughs> uh, tattooed on you. You have, like, just one. Just one. What's the old infinitry there, but infinitry. It's not even old. It's just the infinitry. <laughs> right? The infinitry. Yeah. I love it. The, like you know, you, you have this ability to uh, to grow artists, and that's what I was kind of touching on earlier. Is like um, when I was working with you, when I first started working with you, again, I was like super negative, and uh, you put me on to like uh, an author, uh, Stuart Wild, and Stuart uh, again, he might not have all the answers, but uh, you know, he recently passed away this year, and uh, his work 
undoubtedly has reshaped my life. I can I can say that without a doubt. Like I I started in a weird weird way with Stuart Wilde. He has he has what like twelve thirteen books something like that. And um, the book the first book I read was about perceptions. And most people start his book series with uh, the secrets and and silent power and and how mm-hmm. to how to like control those aspects of your metaphysical energy and. I started with perception, and uh, I would read it every single day on the way to this job I was working with. Not talk about mundane, fucking building, uh, building bongs every single day. For uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to work in a bong factory, and uh, I used to make like pipes and bongs for uh, this like national distributor, and uh, it was like the parent company of the of the, of the uh, distributor. So I, I used to work in the warehouse. I was like an acrylic manager, so I would just make all the acrylic stuff, all the cheap shit essentially, and then occasionally I would make like big ticket items when they come through the the pipeline. No pipeline. Oh, oh there nice. we go. That was un- super intentional. Anyway. Uh, I would read this book on the way to that job and that and the book would say stuff like all right you're probably going to work or walking to your favorite restaurant or whatever right now and it's like you probably do this all the time but this time I want you to start noticing things that you've never noticed before just imagine when you close your eyes and you can think of it how many trees are on the way count it just start noticing it being able to to have being aware yeah being aware yeah yeah. and it's like you know how aware you are now you might think you're totally conscious but you have no idea like how many like right now we're in this condo in our, our my, me and Liz's condo, uh, my Liz and I, uh, and, uh, Liz and Ayas. Liz and Ayas. We have our, our condo here and, and Alex, this is Xander the great. Okay. And, uh, it's like how many pieces of garland are on the wall? How many, how yeah. many, how many ornaments are on the tree? And it's like, that stuff might seem like it's non essential information, but once you start being way, way observant and way, way more uh, aware of that kind of stuff, other doors start opening up. And that was like the first book I read from Stuart Wilde. So as soon as I saw that and I saw it immediately, like immediately started picking up in my life, then Zenny put me on to these other books and it's like, yeah, uh, being rich. Oh, the trick to money is trick, having some. Yeah, trick to money is having Yeah, the some. funny thing about books in general is I really don't read that much. I would find that certain books would enter my life right at the appropriate time. I would find that piece of knowledge that I was seeking and then I'd move along. Mm-hmm. That's my excuse for not finishing books. No. Really? No I, no, I don't think that's wrong. But, uh, you know, going back to this awareness thing, I'll tell you what's been happening with my awareness. Obviously in the last year, like last year I tore my ACL I ended up getting surgery, and then at Carl the Red's wedding, That's I tough. retore my ACL. Yeah, Ooh, with a torn tough. ACL, when you're you're walking and you don't have like all the muscles to support it and stuff like that. You look at the ground a lot, and that's all you do because you're like, "Oh, what am I going to do at this street corner?" You know, you got to watch where you're stepping. Wow. You know how people walk yeah. and text. I'm not saying it's a, you know, it's not a bad thing, but I can't walk and text. You know, wow. which is fine. Like I like to stop and do that anyways. You mean at the time you know, or, I, or now? No, like even sometimes now I can't walk and text because if there's, if I kind of just have an unanticipated step, you know I could pop my knee, kind of thing, right? Wow, so really? yeah, it's so my That's super touch and go, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like I like I like flatland, flatland's nice, <laughs> and I can look around and Some stuff tundra. like that. But <laughs> it's it's really tough sometimes when uh, when you're you're trying to manage all these different steps here and there, and it's it's kind of tough. I'm Jesus hoping to um, just waiting on a call to get a CT scan to see if the uh, the drill holes that they put in my tibia are still you know still okay to do a revision surgery. If not, they're going to do a bone graft and then a revision surgery. Wow! How many how but many months does that put? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's kind of getting it's getting a little bit ridiculous. This is your third surgery. This is your third surgery on your knee. 
Uh, no, it'll be my well. Depending if I have to get the bone graft, that'll you be number two. You need to call and three, GSP. But, yeah, and get yeah. Get, hey GSP, why don't you hook me up with your everyone? Fuck, he could, <laughs> he could probably do, <laughs> hook yeah. me up with your everyone. Yeah. He could probably do it. Yeah, uh, well, that's it. Yeah. That's the thing, though. It's like so. You know, if I, if I was to use that ACL story as something that was kind of a negative, right? Like like part in, of my life when I retore my ACL. Uh huh. You know, I broke down crying right away because number one, I was kind of drunk, and number two, well, that's a I was lot thinking about all the rehab I just did and and the fact that I'm gonna have to get surgery again if I can get surgery again, blah blah blah. And then it just started; it hit me really hard, man, because I was. Well, that's you tough, know, man. Like you, you know, don't have your mobility, and you know, my job at the time was required me to be physical, physical yeah, all the time. Totally. Yeah. So I couldn't go back to work. So and, financially, and things were just yeah. like you know, I was on some long-term disability, but things were going down and down and down, and it was tough, man. Like it's a real test of one's patience. But a lot of the things that I thought about were like, I don't even have it bad in my life. You, you know, I've well. got to try. I've got to figure out, you know, how to how to manage this yeah. whole scenario. And I started, you know, I started thinking about better things and in trying to put my my mind towards more positive things and you know i still have a torn acl but i've learned to live with it i've you know got promotion and stuff like that and you know i've made things happen in my life still but it's recovery time is still like i guess it's just taking a while but it doesn't matter because you know know, it is an infinite process and it happens as it happens right it's it's tough to deal with when you realize that a part of your body isn't functioning to the way you have always had it it's not Like, like i was a football player before or anything like no, that but, but as soon as you're missing something yeah you realize bro you, how you, much you want to use it yeah like bro you take you take a bag of groceries inside or or a you know a case of beer or whatever like that and you realize that okay i could i could in theory take another bag or another case or whatever on top of this but then you're like do i want to risk it because i'm putting a lot of pressure on this knee now that 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 you know trouble even exists now it's it's tough to deal with mentally you know so like yeah you might have had a rough go of it when the moments but you're right like overall you're doing really well man you're super talented dude you have skills that can't be replicated you have an amazing team behind you like the boomsday alliance like we're we're pretty sought out in terms of people that want to be involved with us and and that kind of idea that type of group mentality that's something i've always really enjoyed and you know what i have you to thank for uh, even pulling me into it and you know broke me or no <laughs> no, it's it's good. I mean, the universe seems to have like a, a weird way of just putting like aligning the stars, so to speak. Yeah. Um, not to say that we're like superstars, but we're stars. We're definitely oh, we're, stardust. Yeah, we're stardust. We got to be stardust, but for sure. No, it, it's just interesting how you how things come into play. Like I ended up going to audio engineering school, and that's where I met you. That's where I met Jesse Laborde. I went to audio engineering school because I was in a hard point in my life and my relationship that. I needed my music back. I hadn't played my guitar in like two years. And I was like, I need to put myself somewhere where there's music constantly. Yeah. So I, so I took on this school. And well, so I went and did audio engineering production. Then I met a bunch of cool people. And within that time, I started a band with Dr. No uh, called Midway to Hell Jazz Club with a couple of buddies of ours. And then eventually we started working on tracks on the sideline. Didn't you guys, without even conversing, quit that band on the same day? Yeah, well, yeah that- no, we, we talked about like I went over to Noah's place one day to work on some tracks and I was going actually over to tell him that I was thinking of quitting the band and he raised it first and he's like, man, I'm thinking of quitting the band. I'm like, dude, me too. So he <laughs> shot out an email and uh, yeah, just like I got home and then I looked at my email. And I'm yeah. like, oh, 
Just like that, eh, Just buddy? Just like that, yep. But anyways, and uh, the first song that we ever did was called The Beach, and I think we should probably play that. You want to play The Beach? It was beach? the first ever yeah. recorded... The original uh, Beach off season one. Newbie Newbinson song. Yeah. Oh, no problem, bro. And then the oh, follow-up yeah. song after that was actually a track with uh, MD called Where Exactly? So, you know, that's, that's the both. roots of it all. Fuck, I think uh, both we might as well do that. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. fuck it, play back to back. But that's the roots. It's of my where, goddamn show. That's where we started, and it was just it was neat because I never like when I first started singing and stuff. Like that, I'm like, okay, cool. I did I did the singing for the song called The Beach and blah blah blah. But then I started thinking, I'm like, I'm not even a singer really. Like I don't even know where to go. Like when we started writing these really weird tracks, I'm like, like what do I even huge do? Orchestral pieces. What do I do to yeah. a song like Three 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 or yeah. Altic Four's Permission? You know, anything like that. What do I do to that? Martell's, President's Choice. Machines for Hire. Martell's Forest. Man. Instrumental. Yeah, nice. nothing, yeah. <laughs> but it was just, it, it, it opened up this opportunity for me to just explore all over the place and try different harmonies and just explore. It was, it was great. And that's how it developed into like a space themed sort of thing because that exploration led me to other places that other I planets. don't actually have yeah. to say. I can sing about something that quote unquote doesn't exist because you know there's an infinite infinite lyric book out there that you can you can utilize if you just make up your own world yeah to sing about i gotta be honest like <laughs> like i totally agree with that because it's like oh yeah it doesn't exist but then it's we, infinite then content man. yeah then we're talking about it okay now it exists not only does it exist but anyone who hears it has to think about it now farmer nidgrith bud that's right Farm, farmer nidgrith and so they're like they're thinking about uh, uh all these different characters and schemes that we've all developed in, in this in the story and essentially what happens is even though they may not physically exist on in our realm, they do exist on this planet. You know, like the in Terraform, we're talking about a farmer uh, in this song. We, well, that's another thing too. People need to know, like, we, we don't put out albums. We put out seasons. And then uh, we don't generally put out songs. We put out, like, episodes, essentially. So they're episodes within the season. And so each song itself, even though in a real world, a song on the album represents an episode in the season. So... Um, a lot of the stuff we've been putting out, like the most recent stuff, we were on season three, episode one. But then we went <laughs> micro. Now, here's the thing. Like, what we just explained is still valid. It, we still put out episodes in seasons. But now we've done an episode, and now we have six songs in one episode. So it's like, uh, a, how do you, like a microscope on one day as opposed to like, okay, we have three to five minutes uh, to explain this episode or what happened. Yeah. Now it's like we have six songs explain this one day, this one episode. And then sometimes though, like it, the thing with our music too is like some, some parts of the music will touch on the universe, but some parts of it will keep that earthly sort of feel to it too. Like, uh, oh yeah, for instance, yeah, where it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, totally. it's us talking about where we were at in our, our own earthly consciousness at yeah. a certain time, right? Well, so, that, that song Which actually, is kind of neat though, because... You know, it was always it's always nice to spread it out. It's like a little bit of space here, a little bit of earth and consciousness here. Yeah, you know, it's a, the the diversity is great, right? So you always got to have that sort of the bond with with your where yeah. you're from initially. That's, that's the challenge writing, and I, I love I love writing like um, you know we did the prequel with Mecca Fi, Mecca High Fives, and uh, you know the first song on the album after the intro, and we go into. Uh, the, the the first verse and I'm like locked away in my mind's deepest regions or regions of space wrote out to scene seasons that I, I'm I'm trying to make it as one foot in one universe and one foot in the other as possible and I'm trying to like explain to people like okay locked away in my mind's deepest regions are regions of space 
I wrote out the scene seasons. We look up to newbie. It's him who is it. You know, and we, we kind of have this uh, uh, way of doing that. And that's the challenge for me. And I got to admit, like, um, you know, I, I've had a good string of mixtapes um, that have that have come out and gotten like some pretty good good feedback, good good views and mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, and I've been very 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 blessed and even just grateful just to have that happen for me. But the real challenging stuff for me vocally that I, I get to do, the stuff I, I love to really just dive into that makes me feel like I'm 15 again, is all the stuff I do with the Alliance, all the Nubinson stuff. And and you know what? Uh, maybe it's time right now we maybe announce. I was going to say, I don't know if we were going to talk about this, but we just announced that we are actually working on the follow-up to Mecca High Fives. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't yeah. planned, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't know. We just, we totally I was just waiting for him. Yeah, just we, like, come on, come on, come on, we just locked eyes in that you know, pseudo-hetero way. Isn't it funny, though, that it's not funny, but the weekend after we played that Boomsday Alliance mega show was when I tore my ACL the first time? Yeah. you know What's I, up with that? I have like the greatest show weekend ever, ever in my yeah, life. Yeah, that was killer man and then the next weekend i i tear my acl well in that same breath uh i think i went on tour to do the master ace tour of mizzy like a week maybe around the same time maybe a week after that and uh when i went out to go do that originally um you know things were good between everybody but it still felt like we needed an extra push from within something needed to kind of change up and and here's the shake up it's like okay you creatively are going to reset for a moment um i personally uh i went through stuff even on the road i you know i I came back earlier than i wanted to I, i had uh i had things that happened for me that i needed to also sort out and we kind of just we we did this like uh you took one half of the the protractor and i took the other half and we just angled out hey there protractor face look at this calculator brain there and uh so we just took each angle of the uh the protractor and we just kind of met at the at its apex there so i i think things worked out the way they should um i'm really happy to say that we're you know we got about like two or three records in the can right now things have things happened and i mean that's the thing is like if we were to try and experience any regret it's like Really, though, we have no option to change what happened. We have the option to do whatever we want now. But whatever we what want. What is regret? Yeah, like, what? Like, what I is, wish I never did it. It's like, but why? I mean, you are where you are, and that's the way it is. Now, go forth. It's like, there was your lesson. It's like, don't regret it. Honor it as a lesson. Be like, well, next time that comes up, maybe I'll <laughs> jump the train this time, yeah. you know? Yeah, take advantage of it. Yeah. And that's one thing, too, is like, you know... um, I've been, I've been having a lot of meetings recently and, and trying to like set up some new things for the podcast and also for, uh, you know, things we're working on with Boomsday and stuff. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm really learning that this, this go around, uh, not to take things for granted. And, and I definitely, I, I put a lot of more focus into enjoying the ride last time, as opposed to really putting the work in. And, and that's just being completely honest with myself. I knew, I, I know looking back now, I, I could have done way better. And I could have done much more if I would have just maybe loosened my grip in certain areas and if I would have just been more relaxed. Like, I know I just said I was going along the ride too much, but I was too rigid in other areas. I, I was I was like, no, it has to be like this. The song has to be like this. And it's too much of my production mentality coming out when I should really be taking more of a vocalist approach. And uh, even that, like, that taught me so much dealing with a lot of talent over the last few years since we did the last I record. I wish that I knew now what I... What, what, I that wish Rod's, that... The, I knew what I know now when I was younger. Yeah, totally, yeah. right? It's like, I think about that sometimes. Says I think, Rod Stewart with like nine divorces. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. And he's probably been divorced again since. Then. Yeah. Um, no, I think about that sometimes. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh man, revert back to this. 
just so I yeah, can make that totally. right decision. But then I'm like, yeah. oh, what am I doing? Nah, it's like we're not going to happen. You got to move forward, man. Yeah. You got to fucking make make the decisions that are going to be best, not just for yourself, but for the people around. It's okay. You. Everything's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah, I feel pretty good about things. We've been crushing it right now. Do you want to talk a little MMA with me? Uh, well, you know, as much as I am a viewer of MMA, it's not really my conversation piece. Is that it depends on where you go with it. You, you can don't ask mind me it though, why right? I watch yeah. MMA, or you can ask me anything else like that. You can ask me who my favorite fighter is, what I think about this. You know what? Just shoot me something. I'll okay. see if I can all right, you intelligibly wanna, you answer play it something like that? for you. All right, we'll play it like that. Uh, well, first of all, with all the guests that I've ever had on here, I think I'm batting about 500. I think half the guests fucking hate it, and half the guests think it's awesome. So um, here's my view. It's like I can see why people don't like it, but uh, I personally like it myself. So here, I'm going to just – I'll shoot you like a five-question thing. This is off the top of my head. I didn't prepare you this. You see my book? I haven't even looked at it the whole time because right, we've, we've just been chatting. Just been chatting. Okay. So uh, here, let me. No, don't look at this. Come on. Yeah, you're trying to prep. Oh, you're trying to prep. There, Easier buddy. To okay. Question the first. Uh, who's your favorite fighter right now in the um, welterweight class? <laughs> Sorry. Do you know what the welterweight yeah. class is? <laughs> no, I mean. Uh, <laughs> well, it's tough to say. I mean, GSP, everybody loves GSP, though, right? Right, right, right. But okay, with the exception of GSP. With the well, Are you can say who, just who's your favorite fighter. I don't want to. I don't want to have you in here. Yeah. John Fitch, bud. Fucking Johnny Fitch. <laughs> Some, boy, somebody's got the cables cut. No, I. You know the the welterweight division is one that I don't really pay much attention to. It doesn't. Is it because uh, GSP just crushes all these cans left? But right? that's the thing. Is like I don't. To to me, as being a viewer over the last couple of years, I, I don't feel like he's really crushed. Like he's won out decisions, he's grinded mm-hmm. it out, and that's a totally game way to do it. Right. But I guess for myself as a viewer, I want to see knockouts and I want to see submissions. Yeah. I want to see like a finish. Oh my god, how did that guy pull that move off? Kind of thing. Because that's what I'm viewing for. I'm not going. Oh, I just want to see who wins for strikes. I don't have bets on this. If I had bet like five hundred dollars on it or something like that, I'd be looking at strikes and stuff like that. I'd be like, oh man, grind this one out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I look from a perspective of like I want to see knockouts and I want to see submissions and I want to see that camaraderie at the end. Too what did you What did you think that. about the uh, the last fight? What did you think about the uh, Johnny Hendricks well, versus GSP? I never looked at the official numbers, but I'm pretty sure GSP landed more strikes, more takedowns, and more too. takedowns. Yeah. I mean, damage doesn't really come into play here, right? Because that's no. not a part of the rules. No. And and Hendricks didn't take GSP out. So, what do you do? And like. You know, Hendricks is a strong guy. You saw every time GSP had him up against the cage, Hendricks would turn him around. That's right. And just like out grinding him big time and that's, that's amazing, opening man. up his head and stuff like that. And you've yeah. seen GSP, you're just like, oh, what's happening, man? But GSP survived, which was amazing. He did. Like, actually, he, in he that second round, he was getting bombed Champion's on. Champion's heart, bud. Boom, he came back. Hey, actually, I said this when I really originally covered it, and I was just like, he came back with more heart than I've ever seen from a champion in any of the any of the leagues. When uh, a champion is getting bombed on, uh, generally it's it's pretty much game over. Like they it's something in your heart gives out when you're fighting like that. You know he took it to him afterwards. That wasn't even like, like that wasn't even his worst round. That's the best part. Like, oh he got bombed on, but then he got back up and he put in better rounds than than the yeah. round previous, right? Hendricks with like no damage whatsoever in yeah. his face. Right? Well apparently he's he's got six months off for internal bruising and uh yeah he, he actually he Oh didn't total have, uh, GSP using some chi energy there. Chi, so? yeah. What's going well, on? What ha- yeah it's like okay he got like a five finger death yeah. mark punch like or whatever. Bruised his tongue yeah. or something like that. <laughs> 
bruise the back of his throat. <laughs> Fucking just boom. Take this one to the yeah. bank there, bud. Fucking okay. Okay, next. Okay, next uh next question. Um do you see uh Cain Velasquez being the next dominant champion for a while now that he's dispatched uh out or sorry, he's dispatched uh, Travis Santos? You think Travis Brown's going to beat Cain Velasquez? <laughs> Anybody who beats Alistair Overeem? No, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, God. No, it's... <laughs> that, that hurts. I don't know. That's another division, too. I mean, it, it might as well just, like, lock the next six fights, Junior Dos Santos versus uh, Cain Velasquez. Well, is, there, is there a division that you do watch predominantly? Like, one that you, you really There's do follow? There's fighters that I'm most interested in are probably John Jones and Anderson Silva because like, they have, like, un, a lot of unorthodox moves and stuff like that. Right. So I'm, I'm always looking to see, like... You know, it's awesome seeing like a, you know, overhand right knockout and stuff like that. It's awesome seeing right. like a Kimura or whatever. But you've but seen it before. I like seeing something different, like a spinning elbow or something like that, or John Jones's short little elbows and Anderson Silva like doing it. You know, not you know, excluding the last fight. Fight. Well, yeah. his, his matrix moves where he's like, you know, dodging out of the way. He got way too cocky in this last one, obviously. Do you think? But, he's, do you think he's gonna win the the rematch versus? But that's Weidman? the thing. That's the question. Is like. Sometimes it seems to me like after dominating for so long that why not lose to someone, come back, take the belt back, and then retire? Uh, if he does that, that would be epic. And also, he that's would, what I mean. How much more epic would it get? And actually, and in a fashion, he knocks him out or does something crazy. Like, Weidman's a tough ass dude, dude, but dude, it would be neat. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I want to see. I want to, I like to believe that that's. What's going on in Anderson Silva's head? He's like, I'm going to take this loss so I can come back and I can throttle hound him. And then... And, and he doesn't leave the, uh, the... That's a good theory because then he wouldn't leave the the, uh, the division dry because he would actually have... Uh, they could still build Wyman up as like, the only guy to ever take out Anderson Silva. How huge of an anticipation is this fight? Like, this is going to be big, epic, man. This, man. Is, this is pretty much like Chael Sonnen And, and this was just... This came level. like right after Dana being like, we need to see more action we need to see more knockouts we need this so he gives him a knockout of himself yeah well, and then moves on to like you know here i'll bring you uh i'll bring you a ufc oh, he's got a like, part two it's he, interesting that uh this all theory too of course yeah. but that's what i would like to see and like how i would like to see it turn out how about gsp though just to touch back on him for a sec um how do you think now that he's developed he's he's defended this title i think 10 11 times something now um maybe 10 times i don't know if it's 11 times i didn't get the stats, but, uh, but he he's by and large, the longest he has the he has the most fights, the longest time in the octagon. He beat Tito Ortiz had had the longest tenure before that, um, but he he now has more time in the octagon and more title defenses ever. So d- does it? You know, I know he squeaked out a few decisions here, but do you see him taking like the greatest of all time helm now? Because the one thing that separates GSP and Anderson Silva is that the two guys GSP lost to, GSP came back and throttled. So I, I, I think you're right. If if Weidman beats Anderson again, though, what do we say? It, like, is a GSP a little bit over Anderson? Well, or? I, what is the greatest of all time? Because I know it's I know it's all it's like all into a moment, right? And, yeah, no, but. Like, for myself, like, from my viewing perspective, I haven't really been that excited with GSP fights over the last couple of years. I just, it's not entertaining to me. For myself, like, I'm just going to go out and say, like, for me, I love John Jones fights. And I love Anderson Silva fights. Like I was saying before, it's like, that's my greatest of all time. But it depends on how you want to gauge someone, right? Like, how much time they've spent yeah, in the octagon. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, how yeah. many knockouts they've had and submissions and... 
blah 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 how many times did they defend their title well i, like, I guess I like if you're taking those into consideration them. then i guess gsb by default is going to be the greatest of all time for now you know i guess for now yeah like i mean he's active uh at least right like um but it all depends on what you base it on and like you know well if he what if he retires because he said he's going to take some time off maybe what do you think i don't know he's getting a lot of scrutiny for that decision right um He's going through a pretty vicious lawsuit right now. Like th- this former manager of his is taking twenty percent of all his pay per view gross, gross. Yeah, but GSP should be okay for money. That but no, 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 but more than that though, she's also requesting twenty percent of all back pay since he fired. He fired her in like '09 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, those are some significant pay per view dollars he's sending out the door, and he's already apparently, from what I've read on my amazing Wikipedia slash internet research <laughs> apparently he's already paid her out like uh you know three quarters of a million dollars just to in go away money like you just just go away and we'll be fine here's here's seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars just right. take it and, and leave me alone and she's is he like, overdrafting in his bank account like i am right now is that what's <laughs> like, what are you overdrafting am i supposed to feel bad yeah, for see, that yeah like, uh, like sure he worked his ass off and he makes a lot of money and stuff but like well here's the thing she's never thrown a hook in her life she's never shot a double leg you know she's just some fucking broad like i just i don't know it's not even that she's a woman. You're going to run into people who try to capitalize on you. Yeah, I leeching mean, though. You but know, if you've got a lot of money, there's always going to be someone out there who's going to look for it. I don't know the full backstory, so I shouldn't me, be uh, commenting like this. Yeah, I don't you know. know, maybe GSP is a real fuck. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he did screw her over maybe he a big did. time. Maybe. You in know? French. Maybe he deserves it. Yeah, in French. But you don't like to think that because everybody's like, oh, and GSP is like... The nicest guy. He's like, oh, is that a picture of him with Buddha? Like, what? I saw some ad he did on the weekend uh, when I was watching uh, Nate, Nate Diaz knock out Gray Maynard. And uh, he, he, he was on, I think it was like a Powerade commercial or something. And it was just like, Powerade, it's very good for you. Drink the nutrients. And he's like, go to the store. Buy it with your money. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that's pretty straightforward like it's almost like he what is wrote it that 888 poker or whatever uh he well? also, yeah i know he does a poker live or whatever, they, they had his uh they had him talking in the, the like, first couple cuts of the commercial but then they're like dude we gotta get that out. they got rid of it when he's yeah he's like yeah, now he's he just like, does his like come uh, and play with the pro now he just does like his axe <laughs> kick or some shit like that awesome Great. I, yeah they're like just just do a move fuck yeah. people just want to see you do moves well okay killer like i appreciate you uh coming in today yeah man um you know what? I, I think uh, I think what we'll do maybe we'll wrap up here a bit. Um, I'm gonna give you a little final word thing if you want to say something, uh, anything you want to pass on. I know we mentioned we are working on the follow up to Mecca High Five too. Uh, uh, people can always follow. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter. At yeah, you can't M- follow me because I got nothing but. Yeah, I was like asking yeah. Zenny. I'm like, what's your Twitter? He's like, mm, no. you can uh, Zenith D Wonderpants me on Facebook and be my friend. Yeah, Zenith D Watch Wonderpants me do nothing on Zenith. Facebook, but. Yeah, well, uh, uh, there's Sounds of Newbie Newbinson on Facebook as well, which has been uh, highly inactive except for the intergalactic interviews. Um, I don't have Twitter. I put it on my phone last year, but I never really activated. I think I did. Well, actually, I put one post and then that was it. And well, I think I have like two followers. People, if you want to listen to seasons one, two, and three of Newbie Newbinson, which we Newbie highly recommend. Newbinson.com. N O O B I E N double O B I N S O N. Shit. Canada Bound. Canada Bound. Canada Bound. I'm back. No one says my back. No, but final words. Final words. Ladies and gentlemen, it was very nice to be here with MD. Catching up on old times, going over some random stuff. Um, I just want to say, you know, keep your head up, stay strong. 
everything's going to be okay. I'm going to use some more catchphrases for my songs. No, shake. No, <laughs> no, it's just, you know, the universe, she's a magical being. Earth, she needs respect. Um, keep it awesome and just be cool. Remember to smile all the way. Another, yes, I yes. did it again. Just throwing in your lyrics. Um, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Um, That's good, man. Okay. I appreciate you coming by. You're, you're, thank you very much for you coming by and spending your time with us. Yeah, for cheers, man. Guys, ladies for and gentlemen. Cheers, for cheers, man. For cheers, man. Here's old fucking Senator talks a lot over here, eh? <laughs> fucking four cheers yeah. there, brah. Can we go back and edit this? Why don't you go for then? a rip? You guys got to go Wanna check out that rip, viral video. Okay, but hey, hey, listen, uh, you guys can always follow me on Twitter at MD underscore Boomsday. Uh, and you can always email me. Please email me your comments, your questions, and especially your hate. And uh, let us know what you guys think about uh, the show. Uh, you can always suggest music or interviews or guests or just comments, concerns, questions, anything. We just want to hear from you guys. You can email me at partnerdpromo at gmail.com. That's P-A-R-T-N-E-R-D, promo at gmail.com. All right, folks. I think we're going to get into this. Uh, uh, the two tunes today we've selected, uh, as Zenny has uh, so vehemently requested, is, uh, is going to be The Beach off season one. And also, uh, what, Where Exactly? Mm-hmm. And Where Exactly was our first collaboration ever together. It was recorded live off the floor. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for tuning in, guys. We, uh, we love you very much. And as always, boom day, all day, every day, wick day. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you guys soon. Like I can see it in your eyes
Thought of coolly and modern me, bottom presence follow me in these lessons. That's what I'm 